I'm joined live in the studio by Joan MacDonald. Good morning to Joan. Good morning, Alan. And by Maria Myler. Good morning to you, Maria. Good morning. So, in amongst all that's going on in the world at the moment, we have a situation with a wonderful windmill therapeutic facility that is finding itself in a crisis. Now, I know you're the chair, Maria, but I'll come to you first off, Joan. Your, your specific role with windmill is what? I'm head of windmill. Right. And I just want to clarify something. I said town-based. It's far from town-based. I mean, you may be based in the town, but you're, the service users come from all over the county. Yes, they do. From the southeast region of Wexford County. Yeah. Right. So what is the position then, Joan? What's happening, or not happening for the want of a better word? Well, last Monday we had a family forum and we had to tell our families that we could no longer guarantee their day service, their independent living supports and their transportation service. We support 59 adults with intellectual disability who are totally reliant upon Windmill for their service and we are currently having a staffing crisis. Why have you got the staffing crisis? Pay and pension. So our funding level is not adequate to provide our staff competitive salaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have staff, we have other Section 39 agencies and other agencies, they're offering our staff an additional 10,000 per annum for sim- similar roles. And Windmill also has been denied access to a pension fund that other sec- Section 39 agencies get. Can you can you explain? I mean, uh, again, just uh, as general as you can for me, please. Uh, just why has it come to this? Why is this happening? Well, previous to twenty sixteen, or pre since twenty sixteen, there has been a funding stream called School Lever funding scheme, which everybody who comes to um, agencies has a level of funding with them, which could range between. 10,000 and 35,000. Pre-2016, it was a capitation grant. And we in Windmill have two-thirds of our people on a capitation grant. And that equates to 2,800 or 3,000 per person. So it's inadequate to fund the full service, inadequate to fund, uh, to compete with uh, other agencies to pay our staff. Maria, as we just digest that information from Joan there, just explain to me the importance of Windmill Therapeutic Unit. Windmill, it, it provides an absolutely amazing service. And I don't say that as the chair of the board of Windmill. I say that as a parent of a, my son who attends Windmill. It's a fantastic service and it goes over and above um, the day service to help so many people to um, access, I suppose, a, a quality of life and to help the families to actually have some degree of um, a normal life for the times that the, I, I call the people our guys, our guys are with us. And it's, it's, it's huge for the 59 families. I mean, they were devastated on Monday evening when we had to tell them that their service was at risk. For me, um, as chair of the board, it's one thing, but as a parent, it's a very, very different thing. My son has a very complex um, syndrome and at one point he was offered full-time residential service. Yeah. That didn't work out and thankfully Windmill were in a position to take him back and we now have a quality of life. The difficulty for me is that 
any one person in Windmill, if our service fails, at least one, if not 10, 15, will be in such a position that they will require residential service. The cost of residential service for any one person will exceed the amount of money that Windmill now needs, and that is roughly 188,000. So, is, so is, it fair to, is it fair to say, Joan, that the staff you have are so competent and so well-trained that they're being headhunted, that they're so good that they're being looked for? We have an amazing bunch of staff, and we have had. And Windmill's uh, ethos and philosophy is all about building real relationship with the people we support. And our staff have done an amazing job at getting to know the people we support and providing quality service. We've had long-serving staff who have had to leave because of the increasing cost of living. Right. They haven't wanted, they have told me they don't want to leave, but they have no option but to leave and go to other organisations and other agencies similar to ourselves who can pay up to 10,000 more per annum for the same role. Maria, if... if um this is not sorted and, and it escalates. I have three points here in front of me. You'll have no alternative but to do what? We have to consider, first of all, um, cancelling our transport service. We are not funded to provide the transport service, so we have to do that out of the funding that we get for each person. But if you look at our funding, we basically are paying out 95% of what funds we get from the HSE goes out in salaries, straight out the door in salaries. They're, it's, it's our most important um, asset, are our staff, we have to pay them. We are left then with a very small amount of money. So we provide a transport service out of that amount of money. There's, the parents contribute, but what we ask the parents to contribute is quite small on top of um, all the other commitments that they actually have. So the first thing to go will be the transport service. So, so many people rely totally on that transport service to get their person into Windmill every day and they won't be able to access the service without the transport. The next thing that will have to go will be the five-day service. So we will have to curtail either the number of hours per day or we will have to curtail the number of days per week. There is no other alternative but that. And the third thing? The third thing really is that we will have to then, we we have a a small amount of assets left and we will have to move basically to sell what assets we have left if we have nothing else. Verona Murphy, Independent Deputy, brought this to my attention and she also sent me an email where she said, only last week we heard Antonish to say on the doll floor that there will be significant increases in the block grants paid to Section 39 organisations. Are You You are a Section 39 organisation, yeah, aren't you? Just yes. to clarify that, yeah. Um, and that an additional €100 million Euro would be available to organisations such as Windmill to allow for adequate finances to cover pay increases to ensure pay parity with the public sector. And then she goes on to say, and I say a lot of people will agree with her in this, well let us see some of the 100 million sanctioned for windmill. So if you got the money, you wouldn't have the issue, would you? That's right. Um, so where is the money then? Well, I mean, we have been engaging with um, South East Community Healthcare, the local HSC Disability Office, over the last number of months. And they work closely with us and they have provided to us about half an hour before a family form 75,000. But that leaves a figure of 188 that we require. And that is a tiny drop Hmm. within that budget of 65 million. 
Right. I mean, we were talking off air. I spoke to Pascal Donoghue, the minister, when he was in Wexford, and he talked about this fund that's been put by. It's almost like a rainy day fund for doctors uh, to try and incorporate many more thousands into the medical card system. But that ain't going to happen anytime soon. This, a bit like what I dealt with on Friday about the Ford Counselling and Psychotherapy Centre, 191 people waiting to get services. The, Organisations like yours and theirs are crying out for funds. Why, why don't they wake up and smell the roses and do something about this? This is happening now. We need this funding now. It, we cannot recruit and we cannot retain staff. And without quality staff, and we have a great, we have had a great bunch, and we continue to have a great. Those that are left, we need the staff to be able to provide quality service. It's happening now. We need this funding now. Can you just explain what it means to your young man? Because I think, Maria, the fact that you're chair, but also you're witnessing this, if you did not have these services, even though you're chair of this organisation, but you're also a parent, you and I went to school with your hubby, Ken, he was a great friend of mine, so good morning to you, Ken. So I know, so the quality of your life, if this is taken away from you, how will it affect you and how will it affect your son? Our son has a, um, a syndrome, it's Prado-Willi syndrome, and it's recognised, I think, everywhere that it's one of the more difficult ones because basically they crave food and have huge um, anxiety issues. Would be uh, Many of our people would be on the autistic spectrum as well. Dara went through a huge anxiety um, period around about 2015, 2017 um, or thereabouts, and... Uh, Basically, it was so difficult to to, um, to live with them. Um, again, I, I say this openly, he was attacking me two and three and four times a day. It was a physical attack. Physically attacking? Physically attacking me. He, his mother was always the one to fix things. And there were certain things going on. I couldn't fix. I, there was nothing I could do. And, and how, how, does, how, how does that impact in a mother's love for her, for her child when that happens? It, it it's unconditional really, love, you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you compartmentalise. It's only happening in the moment and you deal with it. Um, but it was life or death for both of us. Either one of us was going to die because he was uh, when he wasn't attacking me, he was running away and could go anywhere. He would have no road sense. He would have nothing. He's, he's had several um, serious, I suppose, uh, issues in terms of running away and being in severe danger. So like, it like was what, Maria, a major problem. When he ran away, was he gone for long? He or? was gone um, for three hours one day. I found him out in a field at, at the back of my house. I've never been in the field before, but I found him in a field uh, a couple of yards from an open river. And he was just lying there, had no idea where he was or what was happening. Another time, he disappeared and went off around the side of a cliff, could have fallen over the cliff at any point. Um, So it was horrendous at the time. I had to give up work um, as a result of it. I couldn't neither myself nor Ken could continue to work we eventually both of us Ken gave up first I gave up later Um, then after an incredible period of fighting for the right service for him he was offered the residential service he had been in Windmill and Windmill was doing a fantastic job but none of us could cope with this so he got the residential service and it lasted I think six weeks and he came back home with uh, basically two people living full time in our house with him uh, one asleep in one of our spare rooms and the other one on the couch. And that's how we lived for the space of maybe, I think, two months. And then um, we fought and we got um, some additional funding and the funding was given to Windmill and we now have an excellent quality of life yeah. for Dara and for us. 
And you no longer have the physical? Is that, is that all stopped? That's all gone. Yeah. It's totally gone. And he doesn't he, um, head off? He doesn't He doesn't do any of that. He has support from Windmill um, through the HSE funding for seven days a week. And it's superb. It works really, really well. Um, but in the morning, if Windmill disappeared, Dara would be in crisis in the space of two weeks. And other... I know because I'm also involved with the Prader-Willi Syndrome Association in yeah. Ireland. I know it will cost somewhere between 350000 and 400000 to provide Dara with a residential place. And there aren't any places right. and there isn't funding. But at the same time, what we're looking for is 188000 yeah. to provide a service for 59 people, which in many cases will make the difference between that person requiring mm-hmm. an, a, a residential place or being able to live at home and also enabling the parents to have some quality of life. And Joan, does it now bounce back to us calling on our Oireachtas members, particularly our government deputies and our government senator, to step up here to the plate and get this sorted? You, the figure quoted by Independent Deputy Verona Murphy is that €100 million Euro has been allocated. Is it as simple as that? Is it just a case of making the call to our Oireachtas members right now on this very programme, step up to the plate and get this sorted? Absolutely. We're, we're meeting... Um, uh, Minister Rabbit and TD James Brown on Wednesday and we're hoping we're going to arrive there and Minister Rabbit will say, here you go. And the, the figure is, you're looking for? 188,000. From 100 million? Yes, there's 65 million allocated to Section 39 yeah. agencies and it's a drop in the ocean. I mean, I think it's true to say, Maria, that Dara, or your son, is in. He's doing really well. He's a wonderful chap, and that is down to the relationship and the staff who support him. Absolutely. And it is it is the relationship we form. We need to be able to have a continuity of staff, retained staff, to support these people and provide quality supports to the people we support. And in defence of the three Oireachtas members I referred to there, on any given day, in any given time, they have lent their support to organisations like this. And overall, in particular, I would signal out Minister of State James Brown, who's been very active in mental health issues and health issues. So I think the feeling amongst them is good, but you now want them to kind of do more than just getting having a good feeling. Absolutely. Get it sorted. Get it sorted. It's a simple thing. As far as we can see, get uh, it sorted. Other Section 39 agencies have this. They have the, the money, the funds to pay the salaries because we know that because, uh, as we say, another uh, one of our staff has been offered 10000 more for the same role, so we know that. We also know, because I've gone down the Freedom of Information route, that other organisations have the 7% uh, pension yeah. refund that we don't have and we can't offer. So what, all we're looking for is equity. And equity so that we can deliver for the 59 families. Thank the, you. For, jo, I'm going to have to leave it there in a second. Joan, you want to make a final comment? No. No, 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 make a final comment. You have the airwaves. Use them. The, the Section 39 agencies have sought pay parity over the last number of months. Windmill has been behind that. All we want is equity. Fairness and equity.